the profession of our faith. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to hold on to that faith. I put my faith in the one that will not change. That cannot and will not change. I put my hope and my faith in the one that will see us through. No matter what the storm looks like. No matter what storm arises in your life. No matter what situation you might be faced with. It might, be, it might seem so impossible to you. But it's not impossible with God. So hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Amen. I want to go over to the next chapter and just kind of look at that. We, chapter 11 of Hebrews, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. We call it the, the, it's got all the heroes of faith in the Bible. It talks about what faith is, but it talks about, it gives us examples of some of those heroes that stood and put their faith in God. And if you've never took the time to read Hebrews 11 chapter, I encourage you to do that. Read that. Read about the heroes. Amen. But you know, as I was reading through the book of Genesis, and I was, I was going through some of that, you know, we, when we read about these heroes of faith that's in chapter 11 and all throughout the Bible, we know the end of the story. You know, we... We know the beginning, we've read it, the beginning, what they faced, but we know how it ended up. But brothers and sisters, they didn't know the end of the story. They had to live it. There's a whole lot of living went on in those years. You know, when we look at a Noah in the, in, in the heroes, it's, it's, I, I can't go through all of them because there's so many. But we look at Noah, by faith it says he was warned of God. He was warned of, of God of things not yet seen. He never even seen it rain. Didn't know what a flood was. Brother Casey had no idea what that was. And God gave him a word and gave him a commandment and said, I want you to build an ark for the salvation of yourself and of the animals. And he began to give him an exact uh, blueprint of how to do those things. And you know what Noah did? He didn't question God. The Bible says he moved with fear. And he prepared an ark for the saving of his family. But like I said, he didn't know. I'm sure when he was building that ark, and I'm sure when he was constructing that, that there was people that were ridiculing him. I have no doubts about that. People would probably come and gawk and stare and look, what in the world is this man doing? He's building a big old monstrous looking thing right out here, miles and miles away from any, any body of water. So what's going on here? The Bible says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He preached for, I believe it was a, how many years? hundred years he preached? He preached while he was building that ark. And to, according to today's uh, standards, we would say he wasn't very successful, Brother Casey, because he preached 100 years and he only saved just a handful of people. But those are the ones that mattered to him. That was his family. That was his children. Don't worry about what others are saying. You keep on doing what God has said for you to do. You keep your faith in Jesus Christ. That faith that you have in him not only will be for your own salvation, could be for the salvation of your family. Then we look down through there and we look about Abraham. Abraham, Father Abraham, the father of the faithful. Man, we used to sing about him in Sunday school. I'd get plumb wore out on Sunday mornings singing that Father Abraham, doing all that. I mean, I'm a morning person, but I didn't care for all that. I mean, let's be honest with you. I like being up and going, but that, was, that song would wear me. I'd rather sing The Devil is a Sly Old Fox or something like that. I'll put him in a box. But anyway, but we all, in Sunday school, we learned about Abraham and about 
about his wife, and we learned about, you know, but you start thinking about what he, what God commanded him when he spoke with him. He said, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your mother and father, and I want you to go out. You know, we know the end of the story, but Abraham didn't know the end of that story. But he had to step out by faith in a God, in an invisible God that spoke to him and said, I want you to leave the Ur of the Chaldees. And I want you to travel. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a land of promise. And he said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. Your children are going to be as numerous as the stars in the heavens and as the sand in the sea. And so he probably was thinking to himself, boy, I better watch out. I'm fixing to have a whole passel of kids. Well, Sarah, man, she's fixing to be in labor all the time. But guess what? There was a lot of waiting there. He had a promise, and the promise didn't seem to be happening. You might be facing situations in your life, and you say, God, I'm in the middle of this waiting. I'm in the middle of this spirit. I'm saying to you, hold fast. You hold on to your promise. Amen. You hold on to your promise. And we all know the story because we've been in Sunday school. We know how when he was old and Sarah was old that she became with child. And that promise was born unto him. Amen. But we see that into that and we rejoice about that. But he waited a long time for that promise. But guess what he was through that time? He was faithful. He kept being faithful to God. And then God asked something of him that we know the end of this story too. So it doesn't seem too traumatic to us. But God said, I want you to take that promised child that you waited so long for. And I want you to take him to the top of a mountain. And I want you to sacrifice that child unto me. Now I, we don't get we don't get really emotional about that, Brother Larry, because we know how it ended. But when Abraham had the hand of that child, of that young lad, and he was trugging up the side of that mountain with the wood and with the fire and with the knife, he didn't know, my friend, he was carrying his promise up the side of that mountain to slay it. He didn't know that there was an angel of God going to stop his hand. He didn't know the end of the story. He didn't know there was a ram caught in the thicket. But he was trudging up that mountain with his promise in his hand. Knowing that he was going to slay that child because God commanded. But yet he had faith in a God. And he said, he promised me this child. He gave me this child. But I'm going up this mountain and I'm going to do what that God commanded me. Because I have faith in that God. Amen. I'm asking you today to hold fast. No matter what your situation, you hold fast. Don't you give up. Amen, amen. He was given a promise of God, and then he was asked to slay that very promise. Amen. I look at Joseph. I was reading through Genesis, and I look at Joseph. We all remember the story. My Sunday school's teachers taught me about Joseph with his coat of many colors. You all remember that, don't you? So beloved of his father. Loved of his father, but hated of his brethren. What that must have felt like. You know, God was revealing things to him in dreams. He was getting dreams. He was seeing visions. And he, he could tell that the hand of the Lord was upon his life. He was beloved of his father. His father made him a coat of many colors. He felt, you know, probably on top of the world as a young man. But that even though so loved by his father, he ended up where? In a pit. He ended up in a pit being sold into slavery by his own brothers. His own brothers, actually, they wanted to kill him. They all wanted to kill him, but one of them talked to him, let's don't kill him, let's don't slay him, but let's sell him as a slave into Egypt. Now, I don't know, do you feel like a promised child when you're like that? You was, you was well-loved and well-favored by your, 
by your family, by your daddy, and all of a sudden you're sold as a slave into Egypt. We know the end of the story. We see where he's going to end up. We see that he's going to be second in line to Pharaoh. But he didn't know that. When he was riding the back of that camel, probably walking beside it, headed to Egypt as a slave. Even the raiment that he had, the coat of many colors that his father had given him, was ripped off of him and tore to shreds. And, and I don't even know, but can, can you imagine? Put yourself in his position. I can't imagine the anxiety and the stress that would be on me, knowing that my family was forsaken me and had sold me into slavery. We know the end of that story. He didn't. But yet he had faith in God. And he believed in God. And we see how God orchestrated for him to be sold to Potiphar in Potiphar's house. And then the Lord began to bless him. And before you know it, he's, he's running things at Potiphar's house. And he's, he's back on top, so to speak. And then disaster happens in his life. Then someone falsely, Potiphar's wife, falsely accuses him of doing wrong. And where does he end up? Back in the pit. Back in the slavery. Folks, Joseph didn't go from the pit to the palace overnight. Sometimes when we're faced with situations in our life, we don't understand why God doesn't just answer. We don't understand why we are having to go through this trial. But brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you today that even though he was in a pit, he was going to end up in the palace. But there was a lot of living that went on between that time. There was a lot of struggle that went on during that time. He would, he would get dreams and he would think, he would give the interpretation of the dreams, you know, and then he would think, don't, he tell, he tell the guys, don't, don't forget me when you go before the Pharaoh and the king, don't forget me, tell him about me. But he would be forsaken and forgotten. I love those old stories, but I want I was just, as I was reading them, I thought, what would it have been like to really have been in their shoes? To not know the end, to not know how it was going to end up. When Daniel prayed three times a day, and they told him, if you're going to continue to do that, we're going to throw you in this pit of hungry lions. Oh, that didn't, sometimes that doesn't really excite us too much because we know the end of the story, right? We know how it ends up. Daniel didn't know that. But he had faith in the God. But he said, when I'm thrown in there, he didn't know whether he'd be torn to pieces or not. But he still had faith. And he believed in a God. Shadrach, the three Hebrew children. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Slaves in a foreign land. You know, we know we know what happens, Brother Larry, when they're thrown in the fire. We know the story's going to end well. But they didn't know that. All they had to do was succumb to what, what the world, so to speak, wanted them to do. But they said, no, we're going to stand for our God. And we're going to have faith for our God. And though we're thrown in that fiery furnace, and though we're slain, we're still going to trust Him. Now that's easy for us to we say, yeah, man, preach it, brother. But they didn't know they was going to be delivered. They were facing the mouth of that fiery furnace to be thrown in. And they didn't know for sure, they didn't know how it was going to end up. But they knew this, they was not going to deny their God. And their faith was going to stay in the one that they knew could deliver them. My, I'm asking you today, church, hold fast. Hold fast. Hallelujah. You put, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you put it in the right place. Hallelujah. You put it in something that's going to last. So I'm saying hold fast this morning. No matter what the situation around you, how it appears to be. Amen.
Hold fast. I look at Moses. I know we're I'm just going through Bible characters. Is that all right this morning? Because I've been in Genesis. I've been reading in Genesis, you can tell. I'll get, I'll get, better hope I don't stay in Leviticus. Man, that would be a drive. Uh, uh, next Bible study. Amen. I look at Moses. You know, we see the end of the story. We see him as the great deliverer. We see him as the one that held out that staff. Boy, I remember, you know, hearing those stories, held out that staff and the Red Sea parted, uh, parted, you know. They walked across on dry ground. We see all the great things, but we don't see when he slew that Egyptian. When he said, you know, I want to be, I, I be with my people. Although I was raised in the courts of Pharaoh, although I'm well favored of Pharaoh, I, I want to I put aside that and I, I want to be, be called one of the people of God and one of the children of God. And we don't, really, we don't really see the years that when he slew that Egyptian and he fled for his life. Brother Larry, he fled for his life. Man, scared to death he was going to be killed and imprisoned and he fled all the way across to the backside of a wilderness somewhere. And he didn't spend three days there and get his answer. He was there 40 years, I believe, or years and years and years on the backside of the wilderness till he finally heard from God. Amen. I'm saying hold fast, brothers and sisters. You might be in the thick of it, but you keep having, you, you, you sink your roots down into something that's going to be there for you. And that's Jesus Christ. Hold fast to him. Amen. We see the, the end of the story, but we don't see that wilderness time. And I mean, you could go on and on. Esther, Ruth, there's so many. I think about Esther. You know, I love that. I, I read that story, you know, that God brought you into this. He brought you for such a time as this. That scripture, you know, it's powerful stuff. But you know what? When she walked before that king, she was facing death when she done that. Man, he, he could have had her. I mean, it already, the whole reason she was there, because I believe he'd done killed his first wife. You know, I don't, but I mean, she was, but she trusted God and had faith in God. And she went on. And Ruth, I mean, you could go on and on through those. And, and then, I, then I come to David. I'm about done. I'm hoping you're understanding what I'm saying today. I'm trying to encourage somebody today. They might feel like, God, why am I having to go through this? Why am I faced with this? But I'm telling you, hang in there. Hold on. Hold fast. Don't give up. These Bible characters, they had to do that. We read the beginning and the end, and we just don't really realize sometimes, I don't think, what they faced with, were faced with. I think of David as a young lad. Samuel the prophet comes to his house. We're going to anoint. God had spoke to him. There's a king coming from this house, from the house of Jesse. There's going to be a king. And all, and Jesse, man, the, the daddy, he just led one of his sons, one after the other, the one that he thought would be the, this has surely got to be the one that's the king. He led them all before the old prophet. The prophet kept saying, no, that's not the one. No, that's not the one. And he didn't even think about David. Didn't even cross his mind that it could have been David that God wanted and that God was going to use. And Samuel the prophet says, don't you have any more? And I said, God gave me a word to come here and anoint a king. Do you have any more children? Is there any more sons in your family? He goes, well, yeah, hold on. I've got one more little lad out there that's, I feel the Holy Ghost, that's tending the sheep. Hallelujah. Even his own father didn't see him as king material. 
Oh, but God did. God did. And man, what a powerful thing that he, this, a story, a Sunday school story that I love that that young lad was taken and anointed to be king of Israel. And then we all know the many, how God used him in so many great and marvelous ways to slay the giant, to kill the giant Goliath. Amen. But you know, even though David remembered feeling that anointing oil flowing down his face, I wonder how that felt when he was running for his life. Running and hiding in caves and mountains. The very people, the very king that he had, he had stood in the gap for and killed that giant for his nation was after him for his life to destroy him, to kill him. He said, oh, I don't understand why I'm here, why I'm why I'm in this wilderness place, why I'm hiding out from running for my life. I remember what it felt like.